0: Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. As always, you got Pootie, but not P-Nate this time. This time we got better people, the Van Brimmers. <laughs> better people? Sorry, Nate. I didn't mean that. that <laughs> the Van Brimmers are in the house with the Rebels joining us for part two of our All Things Coronavirus um, series, I guess we call it. Can we call this a series even though it's two-part? Why not? Duology? Is yeah. so the a duology? Is that I a like thing? it. It is now. That's, is a, like, yeah. that's a fancy book word for people who have, instead of a trilogy, it's just two books. It's a duology. It's I absurd. like
1: it. First and
0: Second Samuel, duology. Just throwing that out there for all of you. How's it going, hey, no, Rebel Nation? Rebel Nation is rolling good. The last couple episodes have been great. They've been sans pooty, though. So we got like, so everybody's <laughs> like, who's this guy? Why is he back? But the intro is better, so that's good. Um, well, we were picking up where, where we left off. Um, but first, there was a comment on our the YouTube about Pastor Nate's uh, most recent sermon. Um, so we'll, we're going to address that on the actual Rebel podcast and answer it. So Grant, why don't you read the question and then I can address it and then you can jump in and actually fix what I say.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, we encourage everybody to go to the Crossroads Alliance Church YouTube channel and go listen to... Hey, hold uh, on, real
2: quick. Sorry to break into this. If you are a patron, you can pause this audio and go wherever you go and you can actually watch this via video, right?
1: Yeah, sorry, patreon.com. Slash rebel. Sorry. We totally don't know what discreet. we're doing. Yeah. How many, how Just many times I gotta thing. fix myself? <laughs> Patreon <laughs> patreon.com slash reformed rebel. And <laughs> if you give anything at all, uh make any deno- donation one time or sign up for monthly, you can catch uh the last episode of Awakening Reformation as well as this episode, talking all things corona in video format. So you can actually see. The weird faces that we're making at each other and, and bonus
2: like the before and after of our conversations which yeah the are
1: deleted scenes less holy yeah less
0: less, less sanctified uh, the funny part is that you were you were doing all that like technical stuff and i don't even know how to do that because nate always jumps in there and does that. <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah like we're the rebels uh, there's other people in our network that's great yada yada oh so things us get into rebel news <laughs> yeah,
1: things and stuff cool yep cool stuff
0: yeah. this is usually where i'm just drinking that's all i'm like sipping coffee water if you're watching on the patreon you can see root beer you can see literally how much liquid i consume in a day like i've already gone through a, a whole thing or like beer or root beer um and i'm, I'm just chugging this massive glass of water holy um, and smokes. That will this will be gone before this episode's finished
2: i have you think i might be beer? diabetic sorry have you had birch beer no should i should i Is we'll, we'll bring you some birch beer we'll we bring
1: you some Canada. it's like a it. root beer but better better it's really good that sounds amazing i'm all There's, i'm all about it
2: okay sorry continue on i didn't it. mean to like
1: okay so go listen to p uh sermon it's a super helpful sermon about god's sovereignty in such uncertain times like we're in right now Yeah, not knowing what the heck's about to happen um if this coronavirus is going to get worse or if it's going to get better but there was a comment on the video and a gentleman chris needham or lady
2: you don't know it's
1: probably a dude probably a dude he said i came across your video and was intrigued and so he's curious about your opinions in regards to Second Chronicles 7.13, and we'll talk about what that verse is in a second. When you preach, are you saying the Lord punishes us because of our action in present day, i.e. killing unborn babies or pornography, which is what Nate talked about in his sermon? Mm-hmm. And he said, I always assumed the Lord did not punish us after he sent his son to die on the cross. Can you explain more to me about this COVID-19 Is a result from our sins. God bless. So I just thought he he said a few things in there that might be a good springboard for us to talk about how to think about this because it does seem like the Bible talks about pestilence coming on a people because of their disobedience, but also that seems like a punishment. And you know, if you're in Christ, you know, now there is no more condemnation. We're not supposed to be punished for our sin. Jesus took the punishment, so Pudi. Uh, yeah, what you, first, what's your answer?
0: yeah first let me let me point out that condemnation and punishment are different things so when you say there's no more condemnation I can never say the word in your sin mm-hmm. means like you're not going to get the penalties for your sin that doesn't mean the consequences of your sin aren't going to be real mm-hmm. like Good. so yeah. uh, for instance if you whore around as we as we said before we got started, yeah you whore around and you impregnate five women You become a Christian. It doesn't stop the fact that you still have to pay alimony to all those women that you have children to. You're you're still reaping the punishment, so to speak, of your of your sin, even though you're not going to be penalized for it Mm -hmm. um, down the road. It's like being let off death row. You're still in jail, but you're let off the ultimate. Um, problem. So that, that's a little bit different. I just want to make sure the mindset is right when we're thinking about what, what punishment is. In terms of the question itself, my answer might be different than what Grant's will be or, or what uh, Nate would say, but my answer is yes. I think that's exactly what is meaning. I have a couple of reasons for that. One, God is the same today as he was yesterday. There isn't a divide in the New Testament and the Old Testament of how God acts towards the nations, how he mm-hmm. acts towards his people. Some administrative things are different post-Cross, absolutely, Mm -hmm. but how God acts and reacts to people has not changed. So he's still just as upset with our nations for disobeying him and falling away as he was when the nation of Israel disobeyed and fell away. So I would say, yes, he is punishing us for our wickedness. When I say us, I think we need to remember that there are national punishments and then there are individual punishments. Um, mm-hmm. So this isn't a situation where, where you're getting the plague or you're getting corona because you disobeyed your specific self. Like in a Job situation, this would be national punishment for a wicked nation. The fact that, like the Bible tells us, when um, God wants to judge a nation, he gives it wicked rulers. I right. think we would, both, we would both say we have wicked rulers. So we already know that based on the fact that we have wicked rulers that God is judging our nations because we are doing things that are are against them. And then yes, we can't say God is sovereign and then take out that God is responsible for the bad things that happen in our world as well. So God is sovereign over the coronavirus. He ordained it to happen. It's under his control. It's going to be used for his good and for our good eternally, but he is in control of it and it is his plague on, on the world. Sorry if that sounds weird to somebody who hasn't Listen, if you're, if you're familiar with the rebels, you know this is not new that we say this kind of thing. In terms of punishment, to answer Chris's question, so I don't think that coronavirus is a specific punishment to him. Um, this is a punishment to the, the nations. And I, I think back when the Israelites left Egypt and they were stuck wandering in the desert for 40 years, they sinned, but Moses hadn't sinned in that, in that area when he came down off the mountain. He still shared in the punishment of the nation, even though he was a righteous man um, and the rest of the nation wasn't. Therefore, also Joshua and other people shared in the punishment until they got into the promised land as well, because they were still wandering in the desert and the wilderness mm-hmm. as well, even though they were righteous men. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things where it's not, it's not an individual punishment. So anybody who's listening who maybe has family members or has Corona themselves, I don't think God is specifically punishing you. Versus not punishing me because I don't have it at the moment. Knock on wood, or Grant, or Erica, or whoever. I think it's a corporate punishment, and and God's using all of the circumstances, those who get it and those who don't, to work towards a a goal that we don't necessarily see yet. But all things we know, the Bible tells us, all things will work to put everything under Christ's feet in victory. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means steps need to be taken, and sometimes that means bad things are going to happen to get to the point that we need to get to it isn't always going to be all sunshine and roses to get to where we're going right i think that's why the bible uses so many war analogies and analogies about working its way through things you don't work through anything always like hot knives through butter sometimes you have to fight your way through it right i mean sometimes it takes a lot of work to spring up through the ground or for a mustard seed to break the earth it takes work and it's difficult but in the end it looks great and it looks glorious and i think sometimes when we look at small sections of history, like this coronavirus is three months around. Yeah. We can assume it's going to be around for a a short period of time overall, but it can be used to grow something that's much bigger than what, what we see right now. That's kind of how I would answer the question. I would, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. If you guys have anything different to say on that.
1: I would just say that I like your distinction between condemnation and punishment and that even slight distinction between, and maybe this is just helpful for some people, between punishment and discipline. Sometimes God's going to bring certain things personally in my life as a discipline. If I am being stiff-necked or you know thick-headed towards Him and He's trying to work in my life and sanctify me, He's going to discipline me somehow. And it might be through an affliction, like a sickness, mm-hmm. to make me pause and think or bring me something that's going to cause me... Mm-hmm. To fall on my knees and stop myself for a minute, humble myself and go, man, Lord, and start to realize my sins, right? I start to repent and go, wow, I was kind of going off the rails there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and God does this in a plethora of ways. He could do this by making you lose your job. As terrible as that may be, even if you have a family too. I'm reminded when you were talking of the words of Job, when his wife tells him, you still hold fast to your integrity? curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. And he says, shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? And even at the beginning, Job's realizing like, no, I need to figure this thing out with God. Like I'm not letting go of him. Like I've received good from him. And I may also be receiving this thing from him. This is early on in Job's situation. This is chapter two. it's a big book, 42 chapters. And Job's like, He
2: wrestles for a while.
1: <laughs> he quite, yeah, he wrestles for a bit. And, you know, he's like, no, I need, I need to figure this out. Like I, you know, God's not, you can't put him in a box. He's not one dimensional like this. It sounds so
2: woke. You can't put God in a box. It sounds so woke.
1: Right. So yeah, I, I think what you said was right on. And, and maybe thinking of it as discipline is helpful. But I think as far as nations go, I think you're right. I think a lot of people could be experiencing the effects of a pestilence or a famine or whatever. But it's because we are more and more accepting of homosexuality and whatever sexual immorality in our land. And we are more and more okay with abortion. And we're not shutting that down. And more and more injustice prevails in our land, right? Those are the things that constantly God was saying, I'm sick of your church services. Isaiah 1, he's like, I'm tired of you coming to church, basically. I'm tired of hearing you sing your songs. I'm tired of you keeping your feasts because there's still injustice going on in the land. You're not actually following me.
2: I'm tired of hearing you sing "Good, Good Father," a thousand chorus. Course,
1: <laughs> so that, deep. so, so, I, this is what I wanted to, to ask you about worship, Pootie. <laughs> we can get there. Let me just say okay, one thing. quick. Okay. I think you're bang on.
0: You said something I think is actually something Christians need to hear: is that if anybody's to blame for this punishment this discipline that we're getting it's the church and so because judgment Mm. always begins in the house of the lord and you guys you quoted isaiah i was thinking amos when god basically says the the sound of your singing is a putrid aroma to me like it's it's Mm. it's disgusting i spit all of this out because we we bring falseness to the foot of the cross and i and i think about the like idea of like don't take communion in an unworthy manner and mm-hmm. how often is the church just in general because we're accepting things like homosexuality because we're accepting things like letting women become pastor, we're just disobeying god's word we're mm-hmm. trying to be woke so to speak mm-hmm. in the bad way to, right. to the world where we're we're softening all these things that god has told us mm-hmm. to do and doing and what ends up happening is that now what we're doing we're taking we're basically taking the gathering in an unworthy manner and God doesn't like that. And and so what happens is like the judgment comes. And I think we always need to think anything that happens to our culture, the report card is the church, right? So the reason we have, we live in cultures of death. The reason we live in a pornography ravaged Western world, the reason we have so much poverty and so much lack of education, it's all the church's fault. And so like, I think for Christians, the one of the takeaways I think we should take from from this pandemic is not so much like how do we still do what we're doing, but how do, what do we need to repent of mm-hmm. to stop this from continuing? Because one of the things the Bible said, and I think Nate probably said this in a sermon. That's probably not an original thought before we can answer the Corona problem. The church needs to repent of the sin yeah, in the church exactly. In the church. And when, when the people of God fall to their knees and pray, this is how this is going to be overcome, and I realize anybody who's listening and who is maybe not on board with us might think, "Oh, you guys think you have magic." And that's not what we're saying. We're saying when the people of God cry out to God for mercy, God listens to that mm-hmm. to that prayer. I think that's the first point. But I want to hear your 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 worship question now because I've been waiting for it.
1: So I have two thoughts on I mean, what you when you just said. Like God will hear when you cry out to Him for mercy, and so so there's two things I I, I want to talk about when it when it comes to that, but. Sure. One of them is going to be about worship music, how the church sings. And as I've thought about all these churches canceling their services, and and we talked about on, on our show how it seemed like a lot of churches were super quick to, not every church was, it seemed like a lot were trying to be thoughtful and hold out as long as they could before canceling service or before they had to stop gathering. But it seemed like a lot of churches were super fast at just canceling and saying well we live stream anyway so yeah we'll just cancel the gathering and just live stream and i just thought in my head i was like you know what it's because god was sick of hearing good good father so much he's like i'm sick of hearing this oceans or yeah or oceans or these songs and and i get it that's i'm bashing the the popular Hillsong song or whatever it is but these songs are void of substance substance are void of the gospel they're void of any true like you know scriptural grounding and we we pass them off as as true worship songs i just imagine god being annoyed with them and him being like how do i stop this okay i'll bring a pestilence that will cause them all to not meet and i don't have to listen to this for a while or whatever but with that i know i'm sort of jesting but when it comes to our songs, what, what would you say to the church shaping up as you just said we need to do? Judgment starts in the house of the Lord. What do we need to do with our music, Pootie?
0: I am a worship leader at my church. I think you lead worship. So I might think of this a little bit different than most people I would think. I think worship is an outflowing of what's preached on the, in the pulpit, and it should be. So like when I say worship, I mean the songs and the lyrics that we sing. So before we can correct somebody's theology and their worship songs, I think the pulpit needs to be fixed in the churches that are writing the song. So my, my issue with worship songs and, and things like that from the church worship band. So like elevation hill song, the ones that mm-hmm. like portray themselves as we're just a church worship band putting out, yeah. putting out their music. My judgment goes to their pastors, because if these are the songs like oceans, for instance, is not a worship song. There's it's not, I I actually Amen. don't mind the song in terms of like, I'm just going to listen to it on the radio or sing along in the car, but it's not Mm -hmm. a song I would sing on Sunday morning. And it's not a song that I want to be heard in the corporate gathering, but I would have no problems if we were just sitting around and oceans came on your Spotify. You know what I mean? And be like, oh, okay. It's, it's, not that, it's not a terrible song in terms of like, it's actually probably much better than most of the, the filth that comes out <laughs> of people's radios. You know what sure, I mean? Right. But my thought process is there's a difference there between a worship song and just a Christian song. But my problem there becomes the issue is the pastor in, the, in those churches. And I don't want to slander every church that sings good, good father has a bad pastor. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is like your worship person, your worship leaders, should be trying to build on the points that your pastor is making through a sermon. Yeah. So, if this sermon this week is is highlighting God's mercy and God's love, you sing songs that highlight scripturally what God's mercy and God's love is about. And there is no shortage of great songs that do that. You don't need to go and find the hip, cool song to do that. Yeah, my issue becomes when we think that worship is as as important to the gathering as the teaching or. Comments like, you, you, I'm sure you've heard this in your, in your lives. Like everybody who's listened to this has been like, ah, the message wasn't really good, but the music's really good, so I go to that church. Too often. That right there is a massive red flag to me. Yep, mm-hmm. me the, too. God sees our hearts, and God cares what we sing from our heart. So like I can sing revelation song, Holy, 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 every single week, and God will find that pleasing if all of our hearts are contrite and humble before him. Mm-hmm. We could also sing Good Good Father one week and if everybody is worshiping God and singing that song from their hearts, I don't think God would have a problem with that. Now, my problem with that song is that one song is scriptural. So one song is like holy, holy, holy is the lamb who was slain. That's biblical.
1: Revelation four.
0: It's like, good good father. Um, yeah, you know what? I can make a case that God is a good good father. But like <laughs> I could also make a case that Grant is a good good father and Thanks. but you know what i mean like there's a level of of lyrics that need to be in into our songs i would say you'll find this when you guys come because you're both crossroaders now (laughs) Um, We're pretty Nazi with the lyrics that we sing out on Sunday mornings. Every once in a while, somebody will throw one out or one will slip through that we're, we're not overly, (laughs) (laughs) but like, we're pretty stingy about it. And it's almost probably too far. Like we're very strict about it because at the end of the day, what we sing matters.
1: Yeah. You wouldn't be okay with a pastor, like just a little bit of heresy.
0: No, exactly it came up and was like, like well here's a little heresy for you this Sunday don't worry yeah. but it's like overall most of it was good yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, really, no. really, really fun. so why why should we sing like Reckless Love for a song like that when there's right. In Christ Alone that we can sing and it's like okay right. well one is affirmed through the church I don't know we're just all worship now because the <laughs> can is open at the same time I judge every song individually so like hillsong i i don't throw out everything hillsong's ever done Mm -hmm. just because they're hillsong because king of kings i don't know it's a new hillsong song i love it the lyrics are fantastic Mm -hmm. i could care less that hillsong wrote it
1: hey a broken Um, clock is right twice a day
0: (laughs) exactly there's certain hymns where i'm like i cringe at i have decided you know what i mean like that 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 and just because it's a hymn people like oh it must be great but i'm like no i have decided to actually sing something i don't believe Right. You know what I mean? And I don't sing mm-hmm. that in our church. Because, well, I don't personally, I don't think anybody does in our church, but we don't sing that because it affirms something that we don't agree with. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, I don't think I, dis- I decided to follow Jesus. I think Jesus decided for me. Now I'm willingly doing what I can, but it's because of his power every single morning that I follow him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I also don't like having to explain songs to people. If I, if I have to sit down and explain why something makes sense theologically to you after the service, I haven't done a good job as a worship leader mm-hmm. leading you in corporate worship. If you have to sit and be like, I don't know why I sang that song. Yeah, That's good. Like, and there's lots of songs like that where I'm like, I would love to sing that song, but I would have to explain it. You know what I mean? That's
1: like, what, again, if a pastor was preaching and, is, and, and would just never was communicating it to the people and they were like, I just didn't get what he was saying at all. You'd be like, this is a problem.
2: So question then we've talked yeah. about preaching and we've talked about worship, but there are certainly other elements in the worship service and the liturgy of the church. Do you think perhaps because the church is ignorant as to what a proper liturgy should look like, that it led to the canceling of church services so quickly because our church services are very seeker friendly. They are geared either towards the unbeliever in some circumstances or towards just the Christian, the pew. And like our worship isn't, directed towards God. Like we go to church for ourselves a lot of times yeah. rather than to worship God. And yeah. so do you think perhaps it's just because we have done such a terrible job at liturgy in the church?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's definitely part of it. I think whatever is easy to discard is easily discarded. So yeah. um, when I when I think of that as I think the bigger problem is that churches for a lot of people, even people who regularly attend, is an add-on to an already okay life. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, they would say, I love Jesus. I follow him and, and do all these things. But at the end of the day, church isn't their main focus in their week. Their relationship <laughs> with Christ isn't their main focus. And so when the government says, shut down, don't meet, that isn't the core of who you are. Mm-hmm. being torn at being attacked like right. for them it's like okay i can do that for a couple weeks and then it'll come back because it's like a country club membership yep right. where it, it shuts down up here for six months of the year anyway so like mm-hmm. we're used to it whereas i think like for people who have the right this this sounds terrible people have the right perspective on what church is and why it's important i think it does like wrench at our souls when we can't get together with right. like-minded with like-minded Christians. And I think it, I think it tugs at us in a way because you guys are parents. If I took Nora away from you and said, you can't see her now, you can't see her for We'd say,
2: have fun with soul. that. You'll keep her for 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> You'll give her
0: back real quick. <laughs> He'll
1: be back but, soon.
0: But the idea that would wrench at your, at your yeah. soul, right? When Grant, when you went away overseas to serve. That right. would wrench at the family soul because you're a part of that family and you're not being seen, right? So the idea is like when I can't be in communion with my family, because that's what the Bible says our church is, it's our church mm-hmm. family, right? That should tug and hurt on us. And I think it's so, a lot of churches have been so quick to get rid of that because we have gone so far on the pendulum mm-hmm. to what is church about for, for a lot of churches? Like I can think of elevations the one I'm going to continue to use as an example, because I've been there twice. So I know what they believe, like what they Mm -hmm. say that their church is for evangelism, the Mm -hmm. real like connection all happens in small groups and all that stuff. And I don't know what they're doing with those, but like the church gathering, they have backwards. They are using it for a purpose that it doesn't, that it's not supposed to fill. So therefore when the government says shut it down, it's easy for them to do that because, Oh, well, If if I was just doing something just to evangelize my neighbors, well, if I can't bring all those people into the crowd so I can have my pastor preach Mm -hmm. the gospel to them, or a gospel, not necessarily (laughs) the gospel, um, to them, well, that's easy to shut down. But like when you have a body who's meeting for the right reasons it's very hard to shut that down because one, we all love the church, right? Like, and again, Christ died for his bride, right? So these are the people that God died for. So like, it's like, one of those where it's like, very difficult to not have it. You know what I mean? I have it it's been two weeks for me, like since we met and like, I'm already feeling it, you know what I mean? Like, so um, Well, do you
2: think this is an over-realization of like being a Protestant too? Like when I'm trying to kind of say this without sounding like super Catholic and I don't mean it to sound this way, but we don't go to church thinking we're going to meet with God because we just think God is everywhere, which is true. And you can worship God in your car. Well, there's a special, I think what you're trying
1: to say is there's a special grace and ministry that happens at the gathering. There
2: is a, there is a special union. And literally when we were doing our Bible study on past Sunday with the kids, one of our kids said like, I miss taking communion. And I thought like, yeah, that's something we can't do at home. There is like a special ministry that happens there. And I just thought like, how sad is that? You know, but I think it's because we don't necessarily think of like meeting God at church. Mm -hmm. We can meet God anywhere. And that is a great Protestant doctrine. But there is also a special ministry, like you said, that happens when we go to church to worship at church with our brothers and sisters in our family. Like you said, Pootie. that there's something different
0: right i think you're spot on I, th- I i think yes we can we can have an encounter with the living god anywhere and mm-hmm. we he's always with us we're like that's the, the that's the beauty of having the holy spirit with you at all times it would actually i think stop a lot of the sins that we're being punished for now if we realize that you're not ever alone god is True. always with you you know what i mean like i think you're 100% right there is something special about the gathering Mm -hmm. and getting together with each other, people who you committed to serve together with, who you put authority over. I think that all those things, there is a power there in terms of like, Mm -hmm. when you meet together, I think communion's a great example. That's not something that would have the same effect, so to speak, Mm -hmm. just if I did it by myself at home, you know what I mean? Whereas like, there's something about the corporate breaking of the bread there's the corporate worship i think there's the corporate listening corporate teaching all of that thing but there's something powerful that happens there so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: i think that's amen
1: amen to that so what are we encouraging people with all of this i know we're sort of just jabbing
2: go to church if you can
1: (laughs) go to church if you can and realize that when we say judgment starts in the house of the lord these are the things that we can work to obey God better in repent
2: of your sins yeah the sins in your family the sins in your church your nation
1: first thing
0: look inside in any bad circumstance that happens to you two things should always happen one you should look to God and not in terms of like what have I done to deserve this but in terms of like you are sovereign you are in control of all these things and pray to him fall on your knees and pray and then do examine yourselves communion tells us this every week examine yourselves before you come to the Lord's table There is no condemnation for our sins, but there is still things that we have to wrestle through and work through and repent of those things. That's, I think, the first thing every Christian can do. And then second thing is just read your Bibles, know what your Bible says. So that if you're being led to isolate because you feel like, hey, that's the best way I can love my neighbors, that's fine. If you're feeling led to be like, you know what, the best thing I can do is be the one who walks into the grocery store for them and buys groceries and then brings them to them serve them that way find the needs and serve the needs and I think I think one of the things that like I'm guilty of I think a lot of people we need to think this way is that it's easy to think of and pray for like oh I hope somebody takes care of that need well if that's been burdened on you that's probably you that's supposed to be taking care of that need so if you if you can think of people and you can think of ways that you can love your neighbor and honor God during this pandemic the things that come to your mind are the things you should be doing so I don't know what that looks like for you because to be honest, I like individually, I think it's going to look different for grant than it's going to look different for me. It's going to look different for Erica than it looks different for Colleen or Nate or Heather. Um, those are, other people who are connected to the rebels, if you didn't know that, what I mean by that is we are a spirit-filled people, which means we're a spirit-led people. So let the spirit lead you in these times where you can't just go through the motions of going to church, going to doing all the things that we're just we almost do out of rote passage. But let the spirit lead you in these in these times. Sorry, I, I, my train of thought all went all there on you guys, but that's typical for the rebels when there's no Nate to guide the conversation. So, we're so well. <laughs> we should probably wrap that up there just because of the time. Um, is that good for you guys or what?
1: I hope people are encouraged i hope people will you know hopefully get a little clarity go listen to nate's sermon it was it was really helpful it was encouraging to me mm-hmm. when you're not meeting on sunday i realized that like you said it, you miss it and it does affect you like your spiritual health depends on that on well, that gathering so
2: substitute what you're hearing in the media that's like being
1: yep fed exactly to you
2: 24 7 as opposed Absolutely. to like not living in fear because you're rooted and grounded in the word of god like christians should never make a decision based on fear you know
0: 100% so yeah i would 100% agree with all that the other thing is like in these times we can show that we can show the world like i know, I know we've got no time uh, we can show that we can show the world something great in the in this time when we when we Put our trust in God rather than trust in in man, mm-hmm. um, and so and so we can be the people who seem to be not oblivious to what's going on, but but not afraid of it at that time. Right. So let's sign off. See you two beautiful people soon. I hope. All right. Cheers.